Manuel, do you want I start or do you want to start? Please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. They've given us a very small topic because they have asked us to speak about the future of shipping, the future development. So it's a very narrow uh, topic that we have to discuss. <laughs> uh, I, I think there are a lot of points, of course, uh, that uh, are uh, giving us some, uh, uh, let's say, I don't say doubts, but at least a lot of thoughts to be done on, uh, on the development of shipping. And uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, what has been debated a lot during the morning and uh, the afternoon, what is the uh, energy transition. And uh, one of the points that uh, I would like to underline, and uh, of course uh, asking you what do you think about that, there are two things that we have to take into account. One is sustainability. Uh, but sustainability must be clearly defined. I think the best definition of sustainability was given by John Elkington in, I think, 40 years ago, about. That is three Ps, people, profit, and planet. Something is sustainable only if answers to the three requirements, not only to one. The second thing is that we are speaking of a transition, not a switch over of uh, going from carbon to no carbon. And uh, sometimes some politicians give the feeling that they have not understood that and that they want everything perfect from uh, next day, which is not possible. Uh, Manuel, uh, do, do you think, do you agree on these points? And uh, what do you think uh, that we have to do and that we have to tackle in order to uh, make a decision, informed decision in this uh, so quickly changing uh, environment. Thank you very much, Hugo, for <coughs> the question. I think we should start looking at the big picture. And uh, the big picture is that 90% of the goods are moving by sea and we are responsible for probably two, two and a half, maximum three percent of the emission. Of course, we have to take care, but also it has been established that our emissions are hard to abate, likewise other sectors. So the reply is not there. There are lots of different possibilities. All of them are extremely interesting and not necessarily it will be one, the answer. Probably even in the future we will have different answers. One answer could be for very small trajects and very small ships, probably even electric. There are some who are doing, probably for the vessel in port. The emission import you can avoid by having either plugging in or probably your own batteries can produce sufficient uh, power to the vessel for the instead of the generators. Then carbon capture is something new but extremely interesting. Probably not only to reduce the emission on board of the ships but 
probably the carbon capture that can be done at shore could be neutralize the effect of uh, the normal combustion because you could buy technically even fuel with a negative if the company who is giving the fuel also is, ca is catching carbon for a bigger amount probably you can have <clears throat> carbon negative fuel even then of course we have uh, the, the big, big in the big picture hydrogen and ammonia will play definitely a role why they would play a role because their combustion does not produce carbon so that is extremely important but we know that hydrogen is explosive and ammonia is poisoning <laughs> so we have to address problems of safety and security related of course to, to, to these two fuels and I think there also you can play a big role with classification society and so. then can we not consider nuclear nuclear of the fourth generation is said to be very safe very secure very and it's completely new and probably would answer much quicker because today to produce sufficient because again when we look at the big picture it's very simple to say you know that we use uh, for instance import electricity but if the electricity is produced by burning coal it's not really better than using the fuel of our generators probably the gas oil is better than so really uh, the, the big picture is extremely important so we at IHCS, and this speaks for all ship owners in the world, because 90% now also with China on board and with uh, Brazil, Panama, and many other countries that entered recently through the good work of ESBEN, which is sitting in front of me. <laughs> so, uh, through, I think uh, today the association represents 90% of, of the ship owners. For the first time, I think, in history, these ship owners were so responsible that they were in front of the regulators. You cannot say that the industry was not responsible if they were advocating to have the rules which today are in place. So probably we have been very inspiring also for the IMO. Since today, we have the same agreement, more or less, that we will reach about zero in 2050. It is challenging, it is very, very challenging, particularly the pit stops at 230, 240. 240, I think, is even worse because 70, 80%, I think, is very, very hard to abate and to reach because 240 is around the corner. If, if you think a vessel which you are building today will exist in 2040, definitely, because the life of the vessel probably will be more than 20 years. So, it is not easy to reach these goals. They are big, ambitious goals, but we were told that we had to be ambitious, and we are ambitious. So also, now the IMO is sufficiently ambitious. But to reach all this, probably 
we need a system that also we were advocating. The system is fund and reward. So why fund and reward? Fund and reward is extremely important because today the gap between the ordinary fuels which we are using today and probably it's difficult to say, but ele electronic fuels, e-fuels, uh, fuel that can be produced from garbage, fuel, uh, ammonia, uh, uh, hydrogen, more or less you could consider that they would cost about the double. And it's difficult to expect that ship owners will volunteer to pay the double. Because otherwise they would be out of the competition game. And so you cannot afford this, even if you want, and even if you are green in your mind and in your heart. But still, this system of fund and reward could make sure that the differential becomes very small because part of it could be paid, particularly to the pioneers who would start to use this type of new fuels. These new fuels, if produced at scale, probably they will cost much less. So to start giving some money to bridge the differential could be extremely useful to start producing more fuel. And then again, we should look at the big picture. Even for tanker and tanker owners, this should not be seen as a bad thing because Actually, probably, if we will use hydrogen mainly and uh, or ammonia, we need the double amount of the fuel that is transported today. This is mathematics, because you need more than twice as much fuel to produce the same cinetic energy. energy. So, in the end, probably it's also very good news for the ship owners. Not only you will have something that will not create carbon, but probably you can have a much bigger business and you have to move. We have made a study at ICS and apparently, always in the big picture, 90-95% of the hydrogen will not be used by shipping, but will be used by other uh, industries. All industry, metal industry, cement, transport, probably even uh, aeroplanes and so on, they will use this uh, new fuel. But I think it is very challenging. We have a huge challenge in front of us. But challenging, particularly in the Chinese ideogram, we have some Chinese that can assist, probably is the same ideogram. So, when you put opportunity and challenge comes together with the same ideogram. So if this is the case, I think this is the case for shipping and for the future. Thank you. Uh, Manuel, you have touched a lot of points on which, uh, of course, I am uh, uh, definitely in, a, in absolute agreement. Uh, the first point you touched is uh, the hard to abate. Uh, 
we are speaking about hard to abate industries uh, and uh, in the energy transition, the first one that have been identified are steel industry, cement industry and other industries which use a lot of energy to go on. But maritime industry is the hardest to abate because ships are not linked ashore. And so the uh, type of energy that you have to transfer to ship is much more complicated. Uh, Manuel was uh, rightly speaking about hydrogen, but uh, thinking to uh, fuel a vessel by, uh, grazie, by uh, delivering hydrogen on board, uh, it's a nightmare because hydrogen becomes liquid at minus 250, or uh, you can, and at minus 250, if you have a liter of liquid hydrogen, you have about 50% of the energy of a liter of liquid ammonia. Ammonia is a, again another, another problem because it's, it's toxic and therefore we need to prepare our crews to train our people but also to create a, a system, a plant that is extremely sophisticated because you cannot afford the risk to have an escape of ammonia because otherwise we are going to kill people on board, and this is, uh, of course, not, not uh, imaginable. Uh, I, I think uh, one of the points that Manuel has touched, and uh, it has happened to, to us to discuss this point, uh, just, uh, I, I think, a couple of years ago or three years ago, when it was not so popular uh, to speak about uh, uh, nuclear energy on board. Uh, Manuel was touching the point of fourth generation, uh, for who is not very conversant with this term. The fourth generation is uh, a way of producing nuclear power always uh, uh, through fission, not fusion, so fission, but with a different type of speed of electrons at different temperatures. And this means that uh, the reaction uses 95% of the combustible uh, of the uranium that is uh, fitted in or, uh, and so the, the remnants the, the, the will be extremely limited. Uh, I would never uh, speak about uh, safety uh, connected with uh, uh, nuclear because nuclear power production is the safest way and the most environmental friendly way of producing energy and on these uh, I have no, uh, no doubts uh, and uh, there is nobody that can say that this is wrong. Uh, with the small modular reactors, uh, which have a size that is comparable to uh, large engines, uh, I think we will have a, a solution. Uh, another point that Manuel has touched is uh, carbon capture. Carbon capture is a, a technology that is known since many, many years, but is a very uh, rough technology is not a developed technology because it was used by oil majors to improve the efficiency of extraction from wells. Uh, now the quality and the technology is improving. And one of the important things is not only to uh, get out uh, CO2 from the vessel, which is a possibility, but also the fact that uh, carbon capture is becoming of paramount importance in energy transition in the world. And this means we will have large amounts of CO2 available. Some will be uh, se uh, segregated into, into wells, 
but a lot of it can be maybe liquefied, transported in places where energy cost is minimal. Think to Saudi, for example, where they have uh, uh, photovoltaic at one cent per kilowatt hour. And then you can produce e-fuels uh, that will emit the same CO2 that has been captured during the, the previous process. So, as Manuel was saying, and I think uh, uh, we cannot be more in agreement, there is not a single solution. Uh, the solution will be linked to the various type of vessels and trade of vessels. And I think this is, uh, uh, this is extremely important. Also, it is extremely important to understand on which technology to work and which kind of vessels to order. And on this, uh, again, Manuel, uh, the risk of making a, a decision that will prove not to be the best one in the future is a high risk because we have not a clear uh, uh, solution in front of us. Uh, this means that uh, who can afford this risk? Uh, uh, and this goes to the future uh, setup of shipping. Uh, we need to have very strong balance sheets in order to su support this, uh, this risk. This means that traditional ship owners will fade away and that uh, uh, shipping will be financed through uh, institutional investors and no more ship, ship owners. Uh, do you see shipping families uh, having the capability of continuing to play a, a, a fundamental role in shipping? Thank you. Let me first welcome Nusri an ex-British minister who is the example of someone who has been at the same time very environmental friendly but at the same time also pragmatic as a regulator <laughs> and helping the industry to develop. Said this, coming back to the financial issue, I think that in most of the businesses you see less financing from banks but more funds coming in and risking money together with uh, the, sometimes together or sometimes owning companies and investing into companies. But traditionally, I think that our sector has been in the hands of ship owners. And I think the, there is a lot of family ship owners who still have uh, great companies who are operating and uh, some of them are even amongst the biggest in the world. But even some small ones are operating and there is plenty of small ship owners who are operating all around the world in many, many countries and they are still doing well. The fact of these funds that are coming in and this new finance that is coming in to the last 20 years, it's something that is happening again all over the world and in all sector of businesses, not only uh, shipping. So uh, there is a great amount of money that is looking. Of course, they are more orientated even to the new economy than to the traditional economy like shipping. But there is, of course, space also uh, in uh, shipping, and particularly when there is the necessity of making a huge investment, but more then if the money is coming from uh, funds and institutions, uh, I think scale helps. At least 
the big ship owners have more possibility to work and to develop and also to innovate and to have people who are engaged in research and development. Of course, the big companies have people that, uh, I can make the example of my company, I have about 20 people who are only working in this sector to abate emission and, uh, of course, reduce the consumption of fuel and study solution for the future. Uh, and, of course, uh, that is a very good investment. But I, I'm sure that also the classification society with their companies that are giving uh, support, uh, they can be extremely useful to all, but in particular to the small ship owners, giving them some advice about new technology, new developments uh, in the trade. What I think that is, is extremely important is that we should not even only think that we can make this big revolution alone. Shipping has to abate the I don't know if you can call this a fragmentation, but the walls that probably are in between us and other important stakeholders. Of course, we need not only the classification society who have been very close, I think, to the ship owner, but we need the, the companies who produce the fuel. We need the logistics of the fuel, of the new fuel. We need the engine makers to work together with us. We need the ports. How can we do without hubs and ports and logistics and distribution? Of course, when our vessel will be, we'll go there. If you today have a vessel with ammonia, where do you buy the ammonia? There is not a green, <laughs> it's not green ammonia. ammonia again if you have around. a vessel with hydrogen, where do you buy the hydrogen? So, the question is also that, of course, we need all to be part of this uh, and this is, for instance, why there is this clean energy hubs that where we are working together with other sector of the businesses and we are trying to develop a big collaboration. And this is why also with ICS we went to Abu Dhabi and we had a Congress participating together with the producer of new fuel, new energy. There is, there is the necessity of a lot of interaction amongst the different players, and not only. Not only, not only the maritime industry. Not only the maritime. We need to make experience also in the other hard-to-abate industry that maybe is advanced because they have the possibility and uh, working. And, and uh, I, I think uh, we need to make experience, not only study theoretically, but make experience in this. But I think... Uh, one minute uh, and forty-eight seconds. No, there is only a few like, time left. I want to know now. I make a question now. You no, to but you. They, they will kill me. <laughs> no, no, it would be a very short question. But I think that is very important that people have to understand this. How can the classification society, in particular Rina, but all the classification society, help the industry? to make this transition and to accelerate on uh, this transition. Uh, uh, thank you, Manuel. Uh, uh, I think uh, we are, the classification business is going to change dramatically because what the uh, 
industry wants in general, not only marine, but all the industry wants to be helped in how to do their job by using the competence of who has made the experience uh, in, uh, in, in the activity they are carrying out, so knows the process. Uh, I think uh, one of the way, for Rina, what we have done uh, and we have thought uh, it was the right decision is to have a strong capability of consulting engineering because this is where the competence is and where we can help the various industries in which we work. We in RINA work for 25% of our activity in marine but also in other industries and we try to transfer the competencies gained in the other industries in each industry that can be uh, helped. But Manuel, I, I could speak about RINA for a long time and you have been very kind to ask this question but I'm sure that Nicolas will be the, the, desperate if I continue. So uh, let's stop uh, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for your time.